Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Austin. And this week, I want to talk about, we're talking about light. Let there be light. You know, um, it's December 14th, right? We're well into the Christmas season. Lights are everywhere. It's pretty much how we we celebrate uh, the holidays, right? At least here in America. It's a pretty uh, well-accepted practice, putting up Christmas lights and and all that good stuff. But, uh, what I want to, what I want to talk to <clears throat> today is, uh, is more on the preparedness side. <laughs> uh, obviously that's what we're doing here. Right. So we're gonna talk about handheld lights. We're going to talk about weapon mounted lights. Uh, we're gonna talk about some of the pros, some of the cons, the things that go with them, what you should be looking for when you're, you're purchasing one, why it's important to have them. Uh, we're gonna get into a whole bunch of stuff. <clears throat> um, not going to get super technical, uh, mostly because it's not really my area of expertise. I know you can get you can get really into some of the specifics when you talk about um, LEDs and their output and the different um, you know versions and models of LEDs that y- you know you want. And I I know if you get into some of these uh, Discord groups for things like Best Damn EDC and stuff, uh, shout out to those guys. Some of those dudes are are just incredibly knowledgeable about uh, some of those lights that are out there, um, what you want to look for in terms of output and what your, your key indicators of performance and things like that are. But um, we're going to keep it fairly simple and uh, we're going to keep it a little bit more focused, if you will, on how this applies to what we do, right? Talking about shooting, talking about camping, hunting, survival, and, and overall preparedness, right? Before I get too far into that though, I do want to make sure that I say thanks to a couple companies that work with us, our, our partners, our sponsors here, uh, at the prepared mindset. So with that, our first sponsor, our friends over at slim fit holsters, guys, you need a new holster, check out slim fit. If you don't need a new holster, check out slimfitholsters.com anyways. Uh, they gave us a discount code prepared 10. It's going to save you guys 10% off and it's going to give you free shipping. And that's, that's a win. Free shipping is a win with anything, but especially if you're out there, you're going to spend the money anyways. Why not save a little bit and make sure that you're buying something that's quality. Take it from me. I have spent uh, more than my share, uh, trying some different brands of holsters and there's a ton of holster companies out there. There, there really is. Um, <clears throat> some are very good. Most, uh, that I've experienced are, are not, are not that good. Even uh, b- big name companies have their drawbacks. Uh, they just have a large marketing budget or, you know, they've just been around a while. So just because it's what your your grandpa carries with or your dad carries with doesn't mean that uh, it's a better option or even a good option, right? Slim Fit Holsters covers all those bases, all right? Uh, they're, they're reliable. They're high quality. They offer a multitude of options for your carry needs, right? If you want an appendix rig up front, that's that's what I recommend. That's what I carry with. It's not for everyone. That's what I use. It's what Sam uses. They're Gladius, right? It's got the flex hinge in the middle. Okay. It's a fix with bungee cord. You can get light bearing. You can get non-light bearing. You can get a concealment wedge on it. Maybe you're a little bigger guy like myself. It's a great, great option and an awesome upgrade for just a couple bucks additional. And they, they cover every model that you could think of, you know, under the sun, whether it's lights and, and, uh, pistols and everything. So head over and check them out. Uh, if you're looking for something for strong side carry, maybe their guard is a little bit more your speed. Maybe you're a little old school. You like to carry three, four or five o'clock. Uh, the appendix thing just isn't for you. Check out the guard. It's a great offering. Same great, same great quality, <clears throat> same, uh, same great options, colors, all that stuff. Just 
moving it over from the front down to your three, four, five o'clock position. They also have outside the waistband uh, offerings. So things like the Victorious and their drop leg holster, uh, awesome, awesome options for whatever you're looking for. Slimfitholsters.com, you guys. Use our code PREPARED10. It's going to knock 10% off. And like I said, it's going to get with some free shipping. Also, want to make sure that we point out that MyMedic.com is an amazing, incredible sponsor that we work with. Uh, right now in the winter, I feel like people kind of neglect <clears throat> their medical training. They neglect their medical prepping. Um, and realistically, probably more likely to get hurt in the winter. Right? Think about ice. Um, you think about ice fishing incidents. If you've ever been hit in the head with a, like an, a large icicle or anything, um, I have. Uh, mine didn't require any actual medical attention. It just really hurts. Um, but it happens a lot, right? Um, slipping on the ice, falling through the ice. Uh, obviously, black ice and driving are, are a tremendous concern this time of year. And car accidents, right? Make sure that you have a kit from MyMedic to, pr- to protect yourselves, your family, you strangers that you may come across. Make sure you have those tools to help, to help address whatever situation you come across, whether you're directly impacted or maybe you're, it's just something that you driving down the road one day. Maybe it's Christmas morning. You're driving to meet your family and somebody else's Christmas has taken a, a hard right turn and they need some help and you can be that person to help them. You go to mymedic.com. You can use our discount code mindset20. It's going to knock 20% off your order. Whatever you guys need, okay? Um, I just had a buddy who went and, and ordered the whole gamut, all right? He got a, he got a MyFac, uh, which is a great, great kit that covers, I think they said up to three or four people, right? He got a cat's tourniquet. That's my preferred uh, option for a tourniquet. Uh, <clears throat> just picked up a whole bunch of stuff and is is in a much better position for it, you know? Um, now, if you guys go to our offers page on Facebook, you can actually use our affiliate link there. You can still access the MyMedic site and use our discount code, but if you access the affiliate link, a little bit of what you spend is going to come back and help support the prepared mindset, all right? So everyone wins, right? You guys are better prepared. You have the appropriate medical supplies that you need, and we get a little piece of it that helps us keep doing what we do here. So head on over to our Facebook uh, page in our offer section. Uh, it's the, the code that expires in January. So we're having some issues with that. Uh, Zeph and the team over there do a great job of helping us get sorted through those situations. So uh, sh- that should be a non-issue very shortly. But uh, MyMedic.com, tremendous company doing a lot of educational work and providing a lot of great products for campers, hunters, shooters, you name it. They got you covered. So let's let's get into it. All right. <clears throat> Let's talk about some lights. Um, this is something that I think uh, it's kind of criminally overlooked when you get into people who are new shooters, uh, new to everyday carry, right? And you don't have to be uh, you don't have to be somebody that carries a gun every day necessarily. Maybe you're just into the EDC community, right? We've talked about that a bit in the past. Um, again, to talk about these guys, best damn EDC, Taylor Martin, his YouTube channel. Um, you know, this, this community, this concept of just what you carry with you every day in your pockets that you just, you don't, you don't leave home without because you use these, these items, these tools, you use them, you know, day in and day out for, I mean, whatever task, right? I mean, right now, uh, what do I got here? <clears throat> I have a Boker F 3.5, right? Which is a Jesper Voxna's, uh, knife and D2 steel, um, pretty overbuilt, pretty beefy knife. I actually really like carrying this one because it handles pretty much anything I put in front of it. Um, I also have my Streamlight Polytac light. 
Um, I have my key bar that I keep all my keys on, right? So uh, that's you know my everyday carry type stuff. There's guys who do a lot more. I work from home, so I don't carry as much shit on me as I used to. Um, <clears throat> but when you get into everyday carry, and especially if that everyday carry does include a firearm, I feel like a lot of guys overlook carrying a flashlight or I'll admit that I was I was guilty of this when I got my first firearm. I went out and I bought like a $20 or a or $15 little cheapo um, light off of Amazon. And I thought it was good enough because it ran off of Cree LEDs. And and Cree LEDs are decent. I'm not that's not to say that you shouldn't look for something with that or that's not a good indicator of a decent light. But this thing was, I mean, maybe three and a half inches long, maybe. Um, so it wasn't uh it wasn't really large enough for me to manipulate correctly. Um, especially considering I have these huge hands. Um, it, the lumen output was, I think, maybe 300 lumens, um, which we'll get into that in a second. Um, but, it, you know, it, it it was okay because I carried a light. It was better than nothing. Um, it had a tail cap activation, right? You're just your, your thumb on the bottom of it. Um, like I said, nothing, nothing super special. Um, and that's what I carried for probably the first... <clears throat> you know, year that I was the I, I carried an MP shield. Um, I actually went out and went like full blown nerd, and I I had a outside the waistband Kydex holster from some company off of Etsy that I found um, for my shield, which was it was a decent holster. I think I still have it. It was decent. It wasn't anything to write home about. Um, but then I also found and bought a uh, it was a combination uh, spare mag and flashlight carrier. And I think that's actually why. Um, I got the flashlight I did was because that was the only that that particular kind I think it either came with that that carrier or um, it was the only kind that worked with it so because I found that combination carrier I you know I was like oh I gotta have this flashlight and I didn't really look into it too far like I should have um, <clears throat> and it worked I mean six months a year or something I I think I carried like that um, right around the time that I got away from carrying outside the waistband was when I started really uh, starting to look into other options for carrying my spare magazine, carrying uh, a different flashlight, spending some real money on a flashlight. And, um, you know, you should carry light with you. You know, administratively, uh, if you're talking about what you're most likely to use uh, out of all that crap that you carry, right, a pocket knife, a gun, a uh, tourniquet, your wallet, a pen, uh, a backup knife, a backup gun. I mean, all the shit that people carry with them on a daily basis, your flashlight is far and away going to be probably one of the most useful useful tools that you have on you. How many times do you find yourself swiping through your, your, your smartphone, right, trying to turn on that little shitty flashlight so you can look under the hood of your car, so you can find your keys that you dropped at night? You know, having a flashlight is, I mean, you really you need one. You should have one. My wife carries at least one on her. I think she's got a, a backup one in her purse. Um, you know, I have a backup handheld in my car, you know, and we'll get in, we'll get into some of that a little bit later too and everything, but it, it really is a useful tool. And in some instances, depending on the, um, the bezel on the light, it can even be used as uh, like a secondary self-defense tool if need be. Um, it can even be used, um, to deescalate situations. Maybe it's dark out, somebody's approaching you, you don't, you don't really know if they're on the up and up. You can shine a light at them. Once they know that they're completely exposed, you know that they're there and everything and you got that, that bright light in their eyes, that, that in itself can be a deterrent. And I'm, that's not, that's not me trying to be some kind of self-defense expert. I mean, but there are guys that, that 
will advocate for that that know a lot more about that than me, you know, and finding nonviolent ways of de-escalation um, are, I mean, that's, that should be pretty paramount for all of us, right? <clears throat> so put that on the list immediately. But when we're talking about looking for a flashlight, right? The biggest, uh, some of the biggest discussions that you see now in the internet, uh, and this is, there's a lot of companies and a lot of uh, individuals that are out there talking about this stuff, whether they're individual influencers um, or companies or, or just doing comparisons, right? The biggest argument right now is lumens versus candela and which is more important and why. So you kind of have to understand the difference between the two. Um, lumens is what everyone really throws on the packaging. Um, it's what... Or, or until at least up until very recently, that's what everybody threw in the packaging, right? That was the most commonly measured, um, for most commonly measured output, um, and, and that's what people rated everything off of, right? So like, I'll never forget, like I went to, to go teach band camp one year, and my friend uh, Danielle and I we rode up to camp together, and she had to stop and get a flashlight. Okay, if you guys have ever been to camp or to band camp or anything, something it, it gets dark at camp at night. Right. And to move around the camp, you need to have a flashlight. All right. I remember when I was in high school and cell phones weren't yet all the rage um, and, and standard and everything that was on your band camp packing list um, because there was hills and, and stuff and steps and stairs. And, and to get around camp, basically anytime after nine o'clock when you left the rehearsal field, um, it was already getting dark by then. You, you couldn't really see very well. I mean, there were a couple lights, but. Um, so, and she went and bought like this Rayovac, uh, it, this beefed up, just built up flashlight. It looked like it was out of the video game Halo or something. Um, and she paid like $38 for it, which I, I was like, wow, that's, that's a shitload of money for a flashlight. Um, and it was like 70 lumens. It was, um, it was, it was very, very underpowered, um, for the size and what appeared to be some outward durability. Um, <clears throat> But talking about lumens, lumens are defined as it's the total amount of light a lighting apparatus emits. So think about this in, in very simplized terms here, simple layman's terms, if you will, is just the overall output of your flashlight. However much light that is, all right, that's that's the lumen measurement. And so obviously uh, higher lumens means much more overall output. When you're talking about candela, now that is, and this is why this is becoming more and more um, common or popular to be the real sticking point with a lot of these lights out there on the market, is your candela is the amount of light emitted by a lighting device in a particular direction. So you're going to look at like how bright your hot spot is, right? How concentrated that beam is. Because you can have a very bright light, but if it throws it in, you know, all directions, Obviously, it's not going to be as concentrated, and because of that, you lose a little bit of power, whereas with the candela, it's a little bit more focused, right, um, directionally speaking. And that becomes useful because, you know, th uh, on things like um, weapon-mounted lights, right, you, you're, you're using that uh, to directly identify what you're aiming at, what you're shooting at, right? So you want to make sure that you're, you're focusing... Uh, as much of this light power, in, in most instances anyways, you're focusing as much of this as you can in the direction that you are trying to look at, you're trying to search to, right? Um, it's great to have your peripherals illuminated, but it's not always what is needed, if that makes sense. 
So there's a lot of debate, you know, um, a lot of guys say, well, lumens are, I look at lumens because if you have too hot a candela, then a lot of times it can wash out the dot on your red dots. It can, uh, wash out the tritium on your night sights on your, on your weapon or something. And, and that's all situational and, uh, you know, individually unique in my opinion. Uh, I think there are some sites out there that are certainly, uh, brighter, that certainly perform better if you're talking about irons uh with you know night sights and tritium inserts and things like that <clears throat> uh, i think there are some that perform better than others that are gonna be brighter obviously over the life of those sites as well they get dimmer so there's some variables that go into that discussion although it's it's certainly not without merit to say that yeah your if your light is too bright um it can wash out that red dot optic or that that night sight tritium insert um on your sights so um, in my mind, there's a give and take there. Uh, and again, this is my personal preference. This is, I mean, this is not to put down anybody who, who disagrees with this. I'm just telling you, this is, this is what I, when looking for weapon mounted lights, pistol lights, things like that. <clears throat> and some of the things I consider. Okay. Um, and there's a ton out there. That's you're starting to see new companies pop up. You're starting to see old companies research, um, obviously the biggest ones, you know, if you're talking about, um, what you're looking at, if you're not even, if you're not looking at brands or anything, you want to look at a weapon on a life for a rifle. Um, I think it's, it's a necessary upgrade. You're talking like an AR or an AK or a scar or something like that. And you're going to consider using this weapon for, for personal defense or home defense, or even a duty weapon, you know, like we were just talking about with the candle and everything. You need to be able to see what you're shooting at or aiming at, Right. Um, if we talk about gun safety, right, you need to be prepared to destroy whatever you're pointing the barrel of that gun at, right? That's it's like day one hunter safety, right? So proper target identification, um, <clears throat> you know, or positive identification, PID, whatever you want to call it, that needs to be at the top of the list. You can only shoot at what you can see. So having a weapon on a life on light, I'm sorry, on your rifle is probably one of the first upgrades you should do, if not the first. I would say a sling and then a white light, uh, just depending on what your application is. Possibly a white light, then a sling. I it, It's a little bit situational. But then uh, the same thing, I would argue, for a duty handgun, okay? Uh, especially those of you in law enforcement. There's a reason why departments nationwide have lights on their handguns these days. And it's not because they're t it's tactical. It's not because we're trying to militarize our police forces. It's not because, you know, a lot of these different reasons that y you see some liberal leaning people, you know, talk about uh, why our police forces are being militarized. It has nothing to do with that. You know, we scream a lot for, for, for more safety and reduce police shootings. Well, the first step you can take with a firearm, police, military, otherwise, to reduce uh, unnecessary killing, loss of life is a light, positive identification. Oh, nope, shouldn't shoot that person. They're a kid or my partner or, you know, uh, innocent bystander or, you know, fill in the blank. You can't, sh you can't shoot what you can't see, or you shouldn't shoot what you can't see more appropriately. So having a weapon mounted light, um, it, you really need to, to make sure that that's covered. And there's a lot of different activation methods out there. Um, so once you get that light training with it, understanding how it works, the pros and cons to each setup really popular right now are the pressure pads for your rifle lights. So the, you know, the tail cap will have a wire that comes out that goes to a pressure pad. 
that uh, that pressure pad you can obviously you'll press down with uh, your thumb to activate the light so it's a momentary on and off which is what a lot of dudes run that's it's how i rock my setup um, what i do like with like the streamlight lights is and i think the surefire ones have it now too um, i don't know about some of the other ones uh, where there's a like a more tactile button at the, one of the ends of that pressure pad so you have a deliberate on off button as well as the momentary on off so you can choose between do i need my light on right now for administrative tasks or if i'm doing something close quarters or i'm trying not to you know uh, give away my position whatever it's more momentary on off you have both of those options built in now um you can also just rock the stock tail cap. I know on a budget, there's a lot of dudes that just rock, rock the uh, the ring mount on a Picatinny mount or an, a, you know key mod M lock whatever, and they just take a, a flashlight that has a tail cap, uh, push button tail cap on it, and that's that's what they rock. You know, some dudes don't like the pressure pads for some different reasons, um, and we'll get into a little bit of of that later. But uh, you know, there's a lot of options out there. Pistol lights, I've seen activations on the side of the light, uh, the flipper tabs on the very back of the housing. Those are becoming pretty standard these days, um, at least with reputable brands. If you get into like uh, Nebo or NC Star or some of that cheaper crap, um, they have like a side-to-side toggle is really the best way I can uh, explain that. And it's really not conducive uh, to proper light handling. Um, If you have any kind of you know, Kydex holster or duty holster. A, most companies don't support those cheaper lights. Um, B, they're so big and bulky. Uh, you can't, I mean, it, your, your holster mold, it, it's going to be gigantic. Um, so, I mean, I guess you could rock something like that. Some of the cheaper ones. Um, but the problem is it's only on or off. There is no momentary with those cheaper, with those cheaper switches. So you kind of have to be cognizant of that and be aware of, of how that's going to affect your, uh, home defense strategy and if you're able to adequately use it because a lot of those too you flip it on and off and back on real fast that second time it comes on it's on a strobe feature which can be disorienting to somebody who's looking at it so maybe that's a good thing um i find it just as disorienting for myself as i do for you know the person that i'm shining the light at so uh, i generally don't like the strobe function but again teach their own that's just that's my thoughts on it. Um, now, if we're talking about you know carrying a handgun day to day and having a light on it, right? Whether that's your EDC gun or whatever, uh, handheld lights I think are still something that you crucially need to have with you. And make no mistake, it needs to be separate from the light that's on the gun. Um, I actually carry a Glock 43X that doesn't have a light on it, mostly because the offerings for the non-railed 43x or 43 um there's like one or two out there i think nightstick makes one and i know streamlight makes one i think it's a tlr7 or tlr6 um and it just it like it it friction locks around the front of the trigger guard i don't really trust it plus the lumen output on that is like a hundred it's it's a pretty low output um i know a lot of times you know it's like something's better than nothing um in this instance i don't know that that's actually better um because the activation method is like a button that's located on the side of the light housing you kind of have to break your grip to get to it um but i but i digress you know i carry a handheld light because um a i need to have one for administrative tasks but b because uh my firearm that i carry does not allow for me to mount a light to it now there's a lot of different methods that you can explore uh, to successfully deploy this light um, with and without your firearm. 
Okay, uh, you can use something like the uh, the theorem switchback. You can use uh, a silicone ring. You can use some string that's attached, uh, you know, to the pocket clip of the light. You can do you can do a lot to uh, give yourself an extra layer of manipulation um, to be able to use your firearm and those light and the, the light in tandem together. And and you should, right? If you don't, you need to start looking into this stuff. I know Surefire has a couple of videos on YouTube about this. Um, low light stuff is it's it's next level both in difficulty and uh importance it really is um most bad guys are out there trying to do bad shit at night right which is why uh you know you everyone's out in the daytime during stuff at night most people will go into their house because you know that's just that's the way we were raised as kids um that's why you don't go down to Detroit or Chicago or stuff at night and if you do you go to the well-populated well-lit well-taken-care-of parts of town bad shit happens in the dark. Okay. Um, I mean, short, sweet, that's basically just how it works. Uh, but your handheld light, like I was saying earlier, you're more likely to use that than almost any, anything else that you carry with you. I, I used it today, right? My dad was over. We were taking a look at a couple, uh, things, my plumbing around the house. Didn't have to go hunting for a flashlight. Cause I have one in my pocket. Um, I carry a streamlight, uh, polytech. So it's a polymer bodied light. Uh, it puts out about 600 lumens. Um, it's actually my recommendation for most people when they say, okay, if I want to get an EDC light, what what would you recommend? Like, well, I've rocked this for three or four years now. Um, and, and this thing has been totally badass. I mean, I've dropped it. I beat it up. Uh, it's compatible with the theorem switchback, the, the finger ring or thumb ring, whatever, um, that allows me to manipulate the tail cap, um, and retain the light right when I'm using my firearm. Uh, but the Streamlight Polytech, it's like, it's around 50 bucks. So it's not going to break the bank. Um, like I said, it's polymer, so it's a little more durable and it's lighter. It's not the full metal construction that you get out a lot of, a lot of lights that are on, um, the market these days. <clears throat> it's about 600 lumens of output, I think, and around 11,000 candela. Um, now that is competitive with what the other mar- like market offerings are right now. If you only look at the lumens, um, if you start looking at Candela, you know, it's competitive with some of the Surefire stuff and everything that's out there. If you start looking at, you know, Mod Light and their handheld, Mod Light's handheld is about the same lumens. It actually might be a hundred lumens less. I can't remember for sure. It's pretty close, but their Candela is like 60,000. So they're, they got a really good hotspot on those Mod Lights. Um, it, great lights. You're, you're going to pay a premium for it. They're, you're probably paying somewhere between three and three fifty for uh, a handheld flashlight. I, I personally am not in a position to spend that kind of money on it right now, especially when the one that I have um, works so well for me. You know, I don't have any issues with it. Uh, I think I've changed batteries. I think I change batteries like once every six months or something. You know, the I'll go to turn the light on one time and you'll see it step down in its intensity. Um, cause I think there's like three different brightness settings or something. You can, you hit the tail cap a certain number of times to adjust your intensity. I think like one is high intensity. You double tap for strobe and then you triple tap for low light. Um, and once I go to turn it on and it, it drops off that high intensity after like three seconds, um, I know that the batteries are getting weak. So I'll just go ahead and swap out some new, uh, CR one, two threes. So it takes just normal batteries, not like your acid cell batteries. You don't have to worry about it. You know, those things like degenerating and leaking or, uh, fucking up your light or anything like that. Um, I know that, that that's just what I carry. So that's why I recommend it. Um, you know, I, 
I know that uh, was it the G2X Fury, I think, is uh, a very similar offering from Surefire. Because it is Surefire, um, you're going to pay a little bit of that brand tax. I think if the poly tax around 45 or 50, uh, that G2X is going to be like 60 to 70 bucks, somewhere in there. Um, and both of those would be good options too if you're looking for something to mount on a rifle and you're okay with just a standard like push button um, tail cap activation. There's no shame in that. Um, and honestly, if it gets fucked up or broken or whatever, um, you're not going to cry about replacing it. So uh, both, both good options, but you need to have some sort of handheld and you need to have something that you can manipulate uh, easily with your firearm. Like we were talking about, the Theorem Switchback is pretty much um, the gold standard, I would say, of um, light rings. I don't really know if that's the name of that accessory. It... it, it, it you, you remove your tail cap, you put the theorem on, and then you th it goes around the threads, and then you put your tail cap back on, and it adds a finger ring that your index finger goes through, so you can um, <clears throat> you can retain the light, and then as soon as you have to draw your pistol, you can flip that light over uh, your hand, so it frees up your left hand, or I guess your right hand, it, your support hand, right? It frees up your hand to form that that complete grip on your firearm but then the light is on the outside of your hand so to speak still facing towards whatever you're aiming at um, and it has a, a tab or like a like a nub that's built into it that you can index off of and when you push down with your thumb in that same position that you would you're forming your support hand grip with you push down on that nub which then pulls the tail cap in close in tighter to your hand and activates that that tail cap button and it activates your light so you have a uh, you have a method of uh, momentary momentary on off with your light while also being able to form your complete two handed grip on your firearm. So um, that I think is the best solution for some of these subcompact guns that a lot of us carry. Um, I know like the Sig P three sixty five has um, a couple different offerings out there with their proprietary rail system that they did for whatever fucking reason. Um, it's like the same streamlight and nightstick offering uh, that I don't like. And then I think you can get some kind of adapter to run a large light. I don't I don't really know. Um, but most of these compacts, you know, past that, most of these, uh, these tiny compact guns, uh, the, the 365, the 43, the Glock 43X, the Shield, uh, the Hellcat, I think. Um, you know, I think Ruger just came out with one. They don't, they're, they're meant to be concealed carry guns, so they have a slimmer profile by design and nature, and they don't have a full-size Picatinny rail on there. Even the Glock 43X uh, and 48MOS that just came out and stuff, um, Surefire and Streamlight had to, in, had to custom develop and, and build concealed carry weapon lights um, because the pick rail, it's, technically it's not a pick rail, it's just an accessory rail, that it comes on those firearms is not your standard uh, Picatinny spec. It is actually a bit narrower. Um, I, there is an actual measurement for it. I want to say it's like 0.18 or something. That that could be completely wrong. I know that uh, Isaac Botkin from T-Rex Arms did a video uh, a while back kind of explaining that um, and how he 3D printed a spacer to... Uh, fit into the frame of his, I want to say it was like a Glock 48, um, so that he could mount a full-size like TLR 7 or something, or a TLR 1 light onto that compact frame, uh, and it wouldn't work otherwise. So um, 
if you're carrying one of these subcompact guns or a revolver, right? Maybe you carry a wheel gun. You're one of those dudes that you just, you know, 357, uh, you know, or, or 44 Magnum, except no substitutions. Like, hey, I mean, whatever you carry, good for you for carrying. But um, revolvers are even harder to to mount a light to. I, and to my knowledge, there actually isn't a way to, to really mount one. Um, you need to be able to see what you're shooting and aiming at. Uh, I guess you can probably just really, as I'm thinking about manipulating, you know, this light with a, like a theorem ring or something, um, with a revolver grip, it doesn't really work as well. So I guess you can probably just chalk that up as another reason why you shouldn't carry a revolver. Um, but again, to each their own, whatever you're comfortable with or whatever you have, I mean, don't, don't feel like you should run out and, and buy a whole new firearm because, you know, Austin says you, you can't use it with the light, so it's a bad decision. I mean, maybe consider that when you're buying your next gun. Don't don't have your, your uh, don't feel like you have to go out and, and buy something different um, is what I'm really getting at. But the Theorem Switchback is a good offering. Um, and like I said, I, th- I think it's a, like, head of industry. You can get away with using just, like, a silicone ring or something um, kind of attached to your pocket clip. That's a really easy way. I've seen guys use like yarn or string um, and affix it to both ends and you kind of then create a loop between the two points. Um, That's not as easy to use. It's basically just makes it easier so that you don't drop the light. Um, You have positive retention on the light, but you're using like a Harry's grip or something. You're you're not getting that that true two-handed grip that you can get with like the Theorem Switchback. So, I I mean, I obviously I, I advocate for that. Um, I bought one right after I got my Streamlight Polytech, um, the Gen 1. And as soon as they came out the Gen 2, I ordered the Gen 2. Um, both are good. Uh, the Gen 1, I didn't really care. The pocket clip wasn't quite as tight as I like, so it would slip and slide kind of in and out of my pocket a couple of times. I had issues with that. Um, and then that, that nub or that tab that you use your thumb to, uh, to, to press against to, to activate uh, the light switch, Um, on the original one it was smooth and it was a little bit too far down the the finger loop or something so the gen 2 they added some texture there they moved it back a little bit further so it made it easier to manipulate the light you know on and off and everything uh they had a much more a much more robust pocket clip uh, which is great the thing doesn't go anywhere um the nice part though is with with both the gen 1 and gen 2 switchbacks they're like 20 bucks 20 or 25 bucks. So uh, it's one of those things, if you're talking about bang for your buck and like upgrades to your carry setup or something, if you want to buy something that you feel like you're going to get an immediate appreciation out of and you're gonna, you, you, you can justify the purchase because it's going to have an immediate and uh, definite and noticeable impact on your carrying abilities and your performance um, with the firearm or something, you know, then you should definitely look into a Theorem switchback. And that's Theorem is T-H-Y-R-M. Uh, switchback is what it's called. You can get them on Amazon. You can get them on a bunch of sites. Um, Chris Costa, I know, advocates for Theorem and their stuff. They do they do fantastic work. So you should you guys should definitely check them out. We're not like we're not supported by them. That's that's not why I'm plugging it so hard. I just I really believe in their products. Um, although I wouldn't say no to some support from Theorem. I actually have one of their battery vaults too that I keep in my range trunk. Um, so they they make a lot of good stuff, not just the uh, the switchback. So check them out for sure. Um, but, uh, whatever you decide on, right. For a light, um, whether it's a handheld, it's a weapon mounted, uh, pistol rifle, whatever, you need to make sure you're buying something that's going to be durable and reliable. And like I mentioned earlier, 
you want to stick with something that can take CR123 lithium, you know, lithium batteries. Don't, don't go acid cell. That stuff is super old school. It's not as powerful. They die faster. Um, you know, that was cutting edge technology back in like the eighties and nineties, you know, um, operation Nimrod and everything back when, back when attaching, you know, a, a three cell mag light to your MP5 was, uh, you know, was, was living on the edge. Right. And, and it was, at, at that time. So we've, we've come a long way in developing that technology and making it cheap and affordable and accessible. And there's a lot of options out there. Um, I think, you know, if I can make some suggestions on, um, you know, durability and reliability, you want to go with something obviously that's, that's well-made. Um, a lot of lights out there are full metal body and that's fine. Obviously I think those are going to do very well for you. Uh, they're going to hold up well for you. It's going to be heavier. So if you're somebody that doesn't like having like a brick in your pocket, um, maybe you should look at something like the the Polytech or the G2 or G2X, whatever from, from Surefire. So it's going to be a little bit lighter, but it's still going to give you a high level of performance that you're going to be happy with. Um, I don't really know what the mod light, uh, the 350 is made out of. Um, I don't believe it's it's uh, polymer though. I believe that one is a metal construction light with uh, with the output you get from that thing. But um, make sure you're buying something that's gonna it's robust. You know uh, that doesn't mean it has to be huge, right? There are some smaller lights that do that do pretty well, um, but you kind of you have to strike that that appropriate balance. Um, you know, smaller lights are just not gonna put out as much. They're they're just not. Um, also, I mean so. You want to go with something bigger, both because your output's going to be better and it's easier to manipulate a larger light. That's a little bit relative com- compared to the size of your hands, ladies. I know, uh, obviously it's going to be different for you, right? So you, you may not want to go with something like the Polytech because it might be just a little bit too big. Maybe you want to go with something a little bit smaller. I know, uh, Lexi, she carries a Phoenix. I can't remember the model number. Some of these light naming conventions for if anybody from like the light industry or flashlight industry is listening, you guys could really do a lot better to give these things some better names. Like Polytech, I can remember that. The G2 Fury or something, I, I can remember that. But, uh, I mean, PL350 from Mod Light and some of these other goofy stuff uh, from, you know, Phoenix Lights and everything, it gets, it gets kind of exhausting trying to remember all the, the naming conventions. Um, but I digress. So you want to go with something, um, a good, reliable brand. Um, and that's not to say that you have to be a total brand whore about this, um, but there's a reason in a lot, and we've talked about this with optics, we've talked about this to an extent with lights, we've talked about this with holsters and things. Um, there is a reason why there are certain brands that are just so much more popular than other ones, and you see them used and promoted um, and talked about so much more. Uh, obviously, Surefire and uh, Surefire is is tops, right? They got a lot of government contracts. They're used by law enforcement. They're trusted. Um, guys trust this stuff with their life, right? The reliability is there. It's just like a Glock, right? Why do you know Glocks are ugly as shit? But why do why does everyone use one? Because they're reliable. It goes bang. You don't have to worry about it. You take care of it. It's going to take care of you with minimal maintenance. So you can't really do wrong going with a surefire brand light um a mod light brand light a streamlight you know i think that streamlight is getting very good with their their offerings um and what they have out uh compared to surefire i think mod lights kind of blown everybody away right now like they're that's sixty thousand candela out of a handheld that's that's pretty impressive stuff um it's pretty next level 
So, um, I mean, Surefire and Streamlight kind of have the market cornered um, when you're looking at weapon-mounted lights. Uh, the X300 for Surefire on pistols can also work on rifles. The TLR1 series, um, whether it's the normal or the HL for high lumen um, for, with, with Streamlight, very, very popular. I own both the, the TLR1 and the TLR1 HL. I also have their HX, um, both their large and their small, uh, rifle lights from Streamlight. Um, and I did that, that one was when I was first getting into weapon-mounted lights and rifles and stuff, and I couldn't, I just, at the time, I could not, I was, like, saving up for a wedding and everything. I, my wife would have killed me. You know, Lexi would have murdered me if I went out and spent $350 or $400 or whatever it was um, on, a, on a Surefire uh, rifle light. I just, I couldn't justify it. So um, I checked out the, the HLX, I think is what it's called, from Streamlight. It's like a 1,000 lumens. It comes with the push-button tail cap. It comes with um, the pressure pad. So you can swap out between which one you want. And it has a built-on mount that screws down to a piece of Picatinny rail, which most rifles either have Picatinny rail on their handguard uh, or you can add it to their handguard very easily. And it's a very accepted uh, standard uh, application method, right? So it's an out-of-the-box plug-and-play ready-to-go option. Same thing with the Surefire Scout series and, and their rifle lights. Um, at minimum, they most of those are able to attach directly to um, Picatinny rail. And there's a ton of support out there on the market uh, for their footprint, so to speak. Kind of like what we see with red dot optics and things like that. Um, light bars and mounts that can help reduce some of the bulk and kind of save some of the weight. Um, but I went with the Streamlight and I have not looked back. Um, that's not a dig on Surefire or anything. Um, I know a lot of people that, that swear by Surefire and they say that Streamlight is imitation crap. Um, wh- I mean, the, the biggest knock on Streamlight uh, that I've come across is just that it's not made in America. And, and I get it, guys. Um, but we're all kind of balling on a budget to some extent. So if you can rock the Surefire stuff, I, I think you should. If, or, or Mod Light, now that they're making the gains and the pushes um, that they can. I, I, you know, definitely think you can look at that stuff. Inforce is another company that does uh, weapon-mounted pistol lights and rifle lights. Um, the rifle light actually, it's kind of unique where it has like a 45-degree pressure pad um, slash tail cap that's attached to the light itself, um, and the rail mount is built into the light itself. So it's unique uh, compared to the Surefire and Streamlight that there's no cordage. Um, I think the output is a little bit weaker. Um, just because you, you're trying to reduce the overall size. You can also look at something um, like Cloud Defensive. Cloud Defense, uh, or, yeah, Cloud Defense, um, their Rain and their Owl are two really good offerings. Um, they're both pretty bulky is the biggest thing I can say about that. Um, I don't know that I've heard a, a ton of conclusive testing on their durability. I know Sam has the Owl, um, and that one's cool because it, it has the pressure pad um, built directly onto the side of the light. Uh, attached straight to a Picatinny mount. So you can only really attach it on the top of the rail for your rifle, but the way that they've engineered this is brilliant where you can can remove the front, um, the head of the light and the tail cap, uh, flip it around, put it on the other side if you're uh, left-handed, and um, you can configure the head and tail cap that way. So it's kind of an ingenious design. Um, They did come out with their RAIN, R-E-I-N, RAIN light from uh, Cloud Defense and... uh, it's a, they're bulkier. They have two versions, a large and a small, um, and they have proprietary uh, um, push-button pressure pads 
Um, they're not really cross compatible the way that like the surefire stuff is with mod light or anything. Um, and that, that may change in the future. I know Arisaka now makes tail caps for streamlight lights so they can accept the uh, surefire pressure pads. You know, there's, uh, all that stuff exists, right? It's just the matter of who's going to put the money and time into developing it, uh, creating it, marketing it, and, and selling it. Is there a big enough market for somebody who has, you know, uh, a cloud defensive light and wants to run a surefire pressure pad or a streamlight pressure pad or something like that? Um, so there's there's a there's a handful right there that I would definitely recommend: streamlight, surefire, cloud, mod light, and Inforce. I would say that those those five companies, um, I think Cloud is still working on their, their pistol light. I could be wrong, but I think they're still working and developing on their pistol light. But those five are uh, well-known companies that uh, that I've seen used personally um, and, and can say I was pretty impressed with all of them and their performance. And at no point did I really question... Um, you know, hey, you should you really have that on there? Oh, that's going to be a problem for that guy. So, you know, check those out. Um, a couple brands I will, I'll just say to stay away from. Um, if you watch any current gun, gun tube videos, so to speak, or Instagram, uh, you'll know that most of us in the shooting space are not huge fans of Olight. Um, the EDC space, a lot of dudes love Olight. You can get all their lights in different uh, colors and finishes and materials and all kinds of other stuff. And um, if the uh, the look of, of of that light that you carry with you, the uh, the appeal of that, if that's all you're really going for, then that's I guess it's okay. Um, but not really something I recommend. They have a track record of um, blowing up. Like those lights overheat very easily. Uh, quality control and safety is not always at the top of the list. It seems for some of those Olight models. Um, I've never owned one myself, mostly because of the horror stories of it. Um, so, I mean, would I give one a shot and check one out? Yeah, I mean, I would. Um, <clears throat> I know they just started recently uh, putting out their rifle lights. They come with uh, a bunch of different options for you know, tail caps and mounting solutions and things like that. And they're, they're making a push into the weapon space. Um, and that's good, you know, because competition breeds innovation. So I think that, that ultimately we, we as consumers, um, we as armed civilians, we really, you know, we're the ones that, that directly benefit from, from that kind of work and development. But, um, I think something they need to realize getting out of their wheelhouse in like the EDC space and the everyday, uh, carry pocket lights is that people abuse their, their rifles, um, and they're, they're looking for a higher standard of reliability. And you can't have your light blown up on you. You know, you're surrounded by munitions and things like that, obviously. As well as if you're in a self-defense situation, it's a life or death, you know, thing. You cannot have your light just shitting out on you or blowing up and being a, a, essentially a liability. You can't You can't have it. And if if there's even just the faintest idea that that's what you're, you're going to be dealing with, then take your take your money elsewhere. You know, um, and it might be impressive to look at. Their performance might be impressive, but if their reliability and their durability aren't there, uh, especially with something that's going to be on a firearm, and, it, and it, you know, you don't want it. You don't want it. So my my suggestion with with the Olight stuff is definitely buyer beware. Uh, I'm going to wait and see if they kind of get the hint here from the community and they start to um, double their efforts on their R&D and their quality control and things like to see, see if they can't just you know bring it together and roll out some uh, some second gen options uh, with their weapon lights and see if they can't uh, 
be a legitimate competitor in the space in the market, right? They can they can mix it up with the the enforces and the streamlights, um, <clears throat> you know, the surefires, and be a, a legit competitor. Um, I would also really really recommend um, stay away from anything like NC Star or Prism, um, Nebo. Those are all companies that really their their space uh, is. I mean, it's great for airsoft if that's what you're looking for. Um, I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not an airsofter, or at least that's not why you're listening to this podcast. So, um, if you do cool, uh, cool, I'm not, I'm not bagging on it, but, um, you're probably not looking for airsoft advice, uh, from, from me, at least I hope not. Um, but those lights, they're not, they're not built really to handle the abuse, um, the recoil, uh, the violence that really, uh, the other brands are subjected to, and they're, they're not built to the same form factor. You know, when, when Surefire and Streamlight look at these, they spend a lot of time looking at just the activation method alone. Um, and there are other companies out there, like I know Emissary Development right now, which I have one of their hand stops, shout out to those guys, um, make a great product. They're working on <clears throat> aftermarket activation switches for, uh, the X300, from Surefire, the TLR series from Streamlight, and I believe the the mod light stuff too, um, to give people more options and a more tactile and accessible way to activate these lights. Because again, these are this is life and death situations with these weapon mounted lights. You want to give people the every advantage that you can, right? So when you look at these cheaper lights and they offer one activation method, and it's not even a very intuitive one. Like I know for the, um, because I, I have one, I'm not ashamed to admit that, that the first weapon light I ever bought for my full size gen one M and P was like a $45 Nebo light. <clears throat> you actually had to take, uh, and I'm right-handed. So I had to take my finger off of the trigger and reach it, you know, forward. Like I was going to index it, um, for holstering or something, basically stick my finger straight forward. And I would be able to push on the little toggle there that would activate the light. And then if I want to turn it off, I have to bring my support hand thumb right up and, and press it back. Um, so is it problematic? I mean, not necessarily, but it, it does become it does become problematic when you get into things like uh, talking about momentary activation, right? Uh, how do you do momentary on and off with a light like that? And then how do you do you shoot while doing it if you're having to bring your finger on and off uh, the trigger to activate that light source? Okay. Um, unfortunately that their design, um, is, is copied a lot with some of those cheaper lights. Like I said, the NC stars and the, the prisms or whatever, vism, vism lights. Um, so you want to, you want to stay away from those and the output just isn't there. It's not like they they just don't perform well. Um, and additionally, they're, they're a bitch and a half to find holsters for nobody makes Kydex holsters, whether you're outside the waistband duty belts in the waistband, nobody makes holsters for the cheap lights. They just don't. So my recommendation is if you can't afford, you don't want to drop the, the money on uh, a pistol light, you know, then then rock a, hand, rock a good handheld and get the theorem switch back and do it that way. And you'll save yourself money on a holster because the light bearing ones are more expensive. Handheld lights are cheaper than weapon lights. You'll, you'll save yourself some money. You'll have the cash left over to buy a theorem switch back and you'll be in a much better space uh, than if you were to buy one of those cheap shitty lights. And then now you have to basically tailor all of your training, um, around, uh, adapting your light activation methods, you know? Um, and, and to that point, right. Once you get these lights, um, 
you have to practice with them. It's not just something, oh, it's a flashlight. I've used one since I was a kid. I don't need to work with it. Uh, I mean, bullshit. You know, in essence, um, yes, they're very simple to activate. The same as a rifle is. You pull the trigger, it goes bang, and things happen, right? But we still train a shitload with those, don't we? You know, and, and, and these lights, they shouldn't be an exception to that. They really shouldn't. Um, when you're getting into things like the, the switchback and, and finger rings and things like that, or or working a firearm in conjunction with a handheld light, there's a lot of extra manipulation that has to go on there. You know, getting just consistently knowing how much force it's going to take uh, to 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 swing that that light around to flip it over that switchback and be consistent with it so that it's in a position where you can a you can form that grip, but b you're going to have that light ready to go. Uh, so that it's pointing where you need it to be. And then once you're there, can you successfully manipulate the firearm? Because if you run out of ammo or you have a ammo stoppage or magazine failure, then you have to be able to flip that light back and control that light, retain that light, or be able to just perform this reload with this light dangling on the outside of your hand, which is an option. However, in my experience, then it takes your, you're taking your index finger out of the equation. So it, de- it definitely adds a level of complexity. Same thing uh, when you're talking about working with your rifle lights. You don't just turn your rifle light on and shine that thing everywhere until you find your target and then shoot it, right? Because as easy as it is, or as it's making it easier for you to see what you're shooting at, it also then is a gigantic indicator to somebody else who might be trying to obviously shoot back. Hey, here I am, shoot at the light. Okay, you don't even, and I think, uh, you know, Kevin Owens has a, a really, a really good story about this on a couple of the Fieldcraft podcasts, wasn't even a flashlight, right? He was on a rooftop and, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, some probing fire, right? Guys just shooting at him from other rooftops, not really aiming at anything particular, but trying to get close enough to <clears throat> get him to shoot back. Uh, which he did. And then based off of his muzzle flash, they knew where he was. So then they started concentrating fire on that point. Muzzle flash, flashlight. Um, in this in this particular instance, in this context, it's one and the same. You just gave away your position. So um, again, you can see a lot of uh, content online about this. There are a lot of instructors out there that do dedicated low light courses, places like Achilles Tactics, um, or Achilles Tactical, I'm sorry, uh, Ann Arbor Arms hosted them a few months back, and it was a specifically a low-light class. And they talk, yeah, about night vision and things like that, but but light manipulation is a huge part of that. It has to be momentary on, and you, you cannot, you have to be very disciplined with how you handle and manipulate that light, because that negligent discharge of your light, not necessarily your firearm, that negligent discharge of your light can cause, it could, right, have the ramifications of you losing your life. Uh, your teammate next to you could lose their life. You know, it, it, it kind of all trickles down. And I know it sounds a little bit um, ridiculous, but if you put these things in, in the proper context, it starts to shape itself a lot differently than it's a flashlight. It's not that complicated because it, it, it really can be. You know, you need to uh, be well, you need to understand light discipline, the rules around, you know, how a, it, it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? You need it to see what, what you're going to shoot, but that means that what you're going to shoot can also see you to shoot you or try to, right? So you have to understand, and there's a lot of tactics around it. And, it, and that only really compounds itself as you come, uh, 
you come indoors, right? We get into CQB and things like that. Um, that's why, you know, in a lot of instances, uh, night vision goggles are the, um, the difference maker, right? Cause they can take the ambient light from the stars and things, um, and, and amplify that, um, not to get too far away from what we're talking about with flashlights, but that's why a lot of laser units now that you see on the market also come with IR illuminators to give additional light to work with the night vision goggles. So light in a, in a broad context and a a broad spectrum, uh, is a broad idea and overall concept, right? Um, is essential because we have to be able to see what we can shoot. So well, that's nighttime, daytime, whatever, you know, we kind of take the sun for granted, so to speak. Um, but you need to be able to, to see adequately in the dark. So, um, like, you know, like I said, when I started here, this is something that is, I think, criminally overlooked by a lot of people. Um, or you get these guys, uh, because it is becoming so popular now on Instagram and YouTube, you get guys that buy these lights and things. Um, and then they don't train with them because either they just, they don't understand it. They don't understand how to practice with it effectively, or it's too difficult. It's, it's frustrating because it is, um, it's just like the first time you try to do speed reloads on your own and you miss the magwell by like three inches and you're like, well, what the fuck? This is annoying. I hate this. I want to walk away trying to do reloads under stress, uh, in low light situations. It's just as bad. Um, and you really need to understand, uh, how to, how to handle those situations, how to manipulate your light accordingly and understand that, you know, that's why we talk about practicing and training some of these things as much as we do is because when you can't just sit there and there's my mag, well, I'm going to watch myself insert the magazine into it. Um, when it's pitch blackout and you can't see, you're kind of doing it all off muscle memory and off of feel. So everything's relative, right? Uh, a lot of the concepts that we talked that we talk about, um, they're all intertwined, right? And we see that with a lot of the, a lot of the topics that, that we're discussing, you know, we're talking about reloads and training. We spent this entire episode talking about, you know, fucking flashlights, handheld lights and, and how, how and why they're important and big picture. It all, it all comes together and, you know, one hand washes the other. So I think, um, big picture here, uh, buy a good light and carry it with you often. Um, like I said, surefire streamlight, mod light, um, enforce for weapon lights. Uh, if you're looking for an EDC light, like I can swear and vouch by the streamlight polytech 600 lumens. I think it's like 11,000 candela, you know, nice, durable, lightweight, uh, pocket light. That's not gonna, you know, break the bank or anything. Um, and then additionally, keep one in your car, get an, either another one to keep in your car or get a bigger light. Um, the bigger, heavier ones, uh, are a little bit cheaper. Sometimes I, you don't necessarily need to go out and get a mag light. Those things are ridiculous. I mean, they'll, they'll fucking last forever, but you don't necessarily need that. I have, um, I think, I think it's a coast, which is a brand you get at like your local convenience stores like Meyer or something. Um, I think I got one at Sears hardware before they really, before they went out of business or mostly went out of business. Um, that I keep in my car and I keep that one there because, uh, the, the bezel or the headpiece on it slides up and you have a USB and a USB C port on there. So I can charge it with the same cordage I would use for my phone. Um, and I can also use it as a battery pack so I can charge my phone off of it. Um, should I get stranded on the side of the road or, you know, or just, you know, forget to bring a charging cable or something that's a, it serves as a power bank as well. Um, but that way you have an extra light with you, uh, should you get stranded on the road or you find somebody stranded on the side of the road, you can give them that light. 
you can still have yours. And at no point do you have to get your cell phone out and use that crappy flashlight. Because if you have to call someone like roadside assistance or 911, then that becomes your phone, not your flashlight. And they cannot do both at the same time. So that's just like a little nugget of sage wisdom for you guys that think that the uh, the cell phone light is gonna is gonna get you uh, get you covered and get you out of all these other situations because it won't and it's I mean you want to talk about poor lumens and candela there is no shittier light well mostly no shittier light than the one that you have on your cell phone it's purely there for convenience I I mostly use mine when I'm coming back from the bathroom in the middle of the night or something and I don't want to kick the corner of my bed um, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much all I use that thing for. Other than that, it's kind of useless. Um, and I recommend obviously carrying <clears throat> a real light with you wherever you go, um, or or two, and make sure you know your wife, your kids have one. It's never a bad idea. Uh, be prepared and, and and carry a good good quality light. So I hope this was helpful for you guys. Um, you know, lights are something that, like I said, I think it's it's overlooked and uh, a little bit underappreciated. Um, don't just, you know, buy one and slap it on your gun. Cause that's what, uh, grand thumb or, or Lucas from T-Rex arms or some of these guys, like there, there's a reason that those lights are there. Um, so, so do go out and get it, but don't get it just for the look, get it because you need it and then learn how to, how to, how to manipulate your firearms with them and then, and learn how to manipulate, uh, it without the, you know, with and without the firearm, if it's a handheld, um, and if you're not talking about firearms at all, it's still a good idea to carry one because, you know, parking structures are dangerous. Um, bad things happen out there. So have a good quality light. Uh, I hope this was informational for you guys. It's a little bit nerdy, um, but I, I enjoy this stuff. I, uh, I, I think that it was probably one of, like I said, it's the, like the most used piece of your ED, most used piece of your EDC kit. Um, so it's kind of nice to talk about, um, and just go through some of my own experiences and then things that I've bought and everything. But, um, like I said, I hope that you learned something from this. Um, we're going to hopefully have, uh, a couple more episodes coming for you guys before, uh, end of the year here. We're getting real close. We're about, uh, 10 days out from Christmas Eve. So we're definitely coming down to it. Uh, we're trying to get together, do a couple more episodes that you guys will, you guys will really dig. And then before we know it, right, we'll be in, we'll be in 2022 and we'll have a whole bunch of new stuff ready to roll out to you folks. But that does it for me. So until next time, y'all get out there, train hard, work hard, train smarter. <laughs> and like we always say here, be prepared. <laughs>